0: You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One.
1: You can find weird things in your car, not just petrified French fries or melted crayons. You can find live snakes, bizarre trinkets like that. Stuff that makes you wonder about, folks. You'll also find Continental Belts. Bet you didn't know. They're O.E. in millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, BMW, VW, and GM vehicles. Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE Pedigree. It's their OE Technology Series, fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form and function for 98% of vehicles on the road in the U.S. and in Canada. Continental OE Technology Series, multi-V belt, the belt, With the OE Pedigree. Get the full story at OETechnologySeries.com. That's OETechnologySeries.com. All right, yeah. Get it on. (laughs) Got to get it on. (laughs) Half. Got to get it on. No choice, but we're going to mandate get <laughs> it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing. It is CarCast. I'm Matt am That's Matt, the moderator. D'Andrea over there. <laughs> Hello. What's going on, man?
0: Oh, man. Uh, I got back from New York Auto Show, and I cruised on over to the garage. I saw the 935, all measured up in plumb bobs and tape measures and yeah. a heck of a frame table that's been built for that thing. There's not one thing that's not being measured.
1: <laughs> yeah, the deal with the 935 is, of course, we had the big space from the center of the hub right, center of the hub left, and we wanted to fix it during the sort of downtime we have, and it appears uh, that that car had a sort of whole new front end welded onto it, Um I haven't done that kind of work on those kind of cars, but it really just appears that that car suffered damage in the front end and that car suffered damage in the rear end and that they literally just took a tub from a 911 that had no damage and it looks like they just went back to the point as far in toward the driver's compartment until the damage stopped
0: yeah and then just cut it i'm where where it went to was it went from the front of the car to the top of the coilovers where like where a caster camber plate where you make that adjustment would be and what was interesting is so the top of the uh of the shock mounts were were they're in the right place that wasn't cut out down below The first lower control arm points were in the same place, but forward are where the front of the control arm or the strut rod connects to, and because that was all replaced, that was not welded on evenly. So so basically, the front part of the control arms or the strut rods are what is off, and it's really kind of throwing things off on on the one side. And You can see the stitch on both sides of the car where they welded it up, and it's kind of interesting. Right.
1: So the front and the back of that car have been clipped, uh, more than once. Um, I want to thank Kiwi and Castrol Edge and Geico for making this show, uh, possible. OetechnologySeries.com as well. I'll uh, tell you more about these guys in a second. First, and, uh, I should say this is Castrol CarCast. Um, the car has 100,000 race miles on it, so it's been through uh, Le Mans four times, and it's been through Daytona f- five times, I think, and it's been through Sebring five times, Yeah, uh, just to mention a few, not to mention all the riversides and the Laguna Seca yeah, yeah. and the Road Atlantis.
0: At uh, Long Beach Grand Prix, I sat with Bobby Rahal for a few minutes, and he was showing me pictures on his phone of the car from back in the day, and he said, how's it going? And I said, you know, you ran Sport, and it wasn't going straight, and we got to do some stuff. And he looked at left, He was like, there's no way that car is straight.
2: <laughs> and yeah. I was like,
0: all right, so it needs a little work. He's like, yeah, He's like, that car has got a lot of racing miles on it.
1: Yeah, I think it uh, – Maxipata can figure this one out, although it may take a little bit. But I think it ran Le Mans. I know it ran Lamar four times. I think it finished three times, and the time it didn't finish, it still ran like for like thirteen hours or something. Yeah, it ran like one hundred and eighty-five laps or or something like that. it so, it even the time the one time it didn't finish, it still ran. For more than half the yeah. race and a hundred and some odd laps, so it's it's got a lot of miles on it. Yeah, it did. Uh, I think it finished all the Daytonas and all the Sebring. So again, when you do these races, these races are three thousand miles a pop, basically. Um, some more, some less, but they seem to. Seem to cover about three thousand miles in in twenty four hours mm-hmm. or whatever whatever that is. They well we could probably do some math. Like yeah. Lamar is like a seven mile lap, and they usually cover oh I should say less yeah they usually cover three hundred and fifty laps or three hundred and thirty yeah. laps or something like that. Lamar's like seven point six miles or something like that. So. You're twenty five hundred miles a, a pop, yeah. And Daytona, I think, is even a little more than Lamar uh, with the straight and the bank and stuff, just higher speed, whatever. But um, I'm not sure what Sebring is, but it, it, they seem to cover twenty five hundred pop a pop. Yeah, so
0: that's a lot.
1: If you got uh, you know five Daytonas and five Sebrings and five Lamar, you're up to ten thousand miles at, at Lamar. <laughs> yeah just literally that car has done ten thousand miles just on on Le Mans. For, forget about <laughs> practice and and qualifying and all of that so
0: yeah and and the entire racing season these cars oh Lamar's eight eight and a half Lamar's eight and a half
1: mm and oh you, see I didn't factor in the chicane. <laughs> <laughs> pit row <laughs> yeah well they did take the Mulsanne straight and they did put a yeah. chicane in there and that would add yeah a quarter mile and or now, whatever now it is it's,
0: now it's about 3,000 miles
1: what did it what was the length of Lamar Le in 1979 we'll see because that's before the chicane and they did they, if you want to do a proper chicane I mean you have to kind of you're going to add half a mile right I mean you're going to go like quarter mile that way turn and I yeah It'll
0: be interesting to see. Interesting. All right. So in all my experiences of running Lama, I can't tell you for sure. It's a feeling. <laughs> yeah. The car's all... Uh, <laughs> Most of it's at
1: night. Car's <laughs> all <laughs> taken apart. And uh, we found the source of the problem. And that's yes. like a mounting plate. And we're going to relocate the mounting plate and put everything back together. And so far... It seems like uh, we're in good shape. Now,
0: the good news is, if we're doing it this way, we this doesn't mean we need to twist the tub and realign body panels and watch that windshield fire out <laughs> and pop out. Shoot, you know, like as now we're just readjusting the suspension mounting points, like you were saying. So right. I think uh, I, I think we've got a pretty good plan in, in place, and Sean's
2: measuring everything a hundred times to make sure it works. All right, uh, I'm seeing the two chicanes were added before the 1990 race, so uh, so yeah, I'll try to see what it was back in the '70s. Just see what it
1: was in '79. Yeah. Would you goofball?: What? I know they added the chicane. It made it, it made it longer. What, what I don't need the date they were added. I need okay. what it was in 1979, or what Lamar was before the chicane. All right.: All right. Got an answer. Not yet. <laughs> all right. Well, if I ask what year did they add the chicane, then look for that. But I, if I go, what was the track before the chicane, then okay. you can do that. It'll be faster. And then we'll go back and get those other ancillary answers. Let me tell you about uh, KiwiCo projects mm-hmm. designed to encourage confidence and creativity through play. Kids uh, get to learn uh, experience and all that carries into everything they do These guys uh, sent over a couple of cool projects. Sonny and I are working on a robot. Oh,
0: that's cool.
1: I'm doing most of the work, but he's (laughs) learning, and we're experiencing together. The best thing a dad can do with his son is work on a project, have something to build. Hundreds of products focusing on STEAM. That's science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics. For kids of all ages, zero to uh, 16 plus, KiwiCo creates... um, it comes with uh, everything you need for your projects. Just uh, choose your line of crates. You get them shipped monthly. And you can cancel or pause anytime you want. Makes learning fun. Right, Matt?
0: Yeah. Change the way your kids play with KiwiCo. Visit KiwiCo.com slash CarCast and get your first crate free. That's KiwiCo.com slash CarCast for your first crate free. KiwiCo.com slash CarCast.
1: All right. How old was the track? How long was the track in nineteen before the chicane? Or in nineteen, it was still
2: eight point four, eight point four six seven. So they kept it the same length. Yeah, that's it, before the chicane. Nineteen seventy nine. It was tightened to accommodate the new Lamar Ring Road, eight point four six seven miles. Hmm. So they
1: added a chicane, which is a lot of extra. Dry- I mean, it's a lot more than going on a straightaway. Yeah.
0: And you said it was eight point six now? No. It, no, no, they it,
1: kept it the same length. Okay. Now the reason it kept it the same length is because they wanted to keep all the records in place or something? It would make sense. I, I guess. So they did something to the track. Yeah. So Lamar, the track was eight point four miles good enough at eight point four, Max Bada, in the sixties, like when Ford and Ferrari were battling at Le Mans, it was 8.4 miles. And last year, it was 8.4 miles. Yeah. Okay.
2: But it looks like in 86, they, there was a roundabout at the entrance to the Mulsanne Village, which shortened the track. So maybe then when they added the chicanes, it, it, it elongated again. Huh. All right. Okay. Well, yeah.
1: A little confusing. But it's, I still, yeah,
2: I, I think what it is,
1: is they went, the Mulsanne Strait was too fast. The cars got too fast, it became too dangerous, so they added a zigzag in the middle that you had to slow down for. Takes the
0: danger out of it. (laughs) You're right.
1: So when they did that, obviously, a straight line in the course of the chicane in a straight line was probably 200 feet, but going right, going left, coming back again, going right, that could add half a mile or more. Yeah. So... Picture the, the length of the turn itself and the distance. It moved this way and then came back. That would seem like it would add a lot. But somebody figured, I guess... We want the track to keep to remain the same length because of all the records, you know, yeah. all the timing, and obviously the chicane screws with the records a little bit because you have to slow down and right. Go It'll around change
0: and, the the times and, and and
1: whatever. But I guess miles traveled, you know, from nineteen, you know, the the record set in nineteen seventy one in a nine seventeen, whatever, would be beat by a Peugeot or a Toyota or something, and. I guess you keep it the same length so you can say that. Yeah. So they must have... I wonder where they... Pulled some out of something else. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. that must be what they're doing. Otherwise, it would for sure just be a random other length. So my car would do 300 laps, like on a a rainy Le weekend, and maybe closer to 330 or 350 on a drier conditions okay. kind of day so if you just go three times eight uh you're 24 but it's three times eight four or three almost three times yeah. eight and a half and then you go over 300 laps in uh many cases and now well, you're like 20 27 2800 miles traveled each time so it's getting close to yeah. three thousand miles Max Paddock and uh, drilled down on that a little so the car's getting uh, straightened out and we're going to get uh the thing ready. We got an event. Are we allowed to talk about the event that's coming up? I don't, I don't up? know
0: if we're allowed to talk about where Well, we're, we're not going. allowed to say
1: we're not allowed to say where it is. Yeah. But people know the event's coming.
0: Yeah, people know the event's coming. I don't think it's a secret that that this car would be invited to said event. Lufka cult? Lufka. Lufka.
1: Lufka cult. Anyway. Yeah. These things are turning into big deals. I think they're keeping a secret location. They are. But uh, everyone knows, I don't know, every May or whatever, they come back around again and all the cool air-cooled Vehicles are. Invited. It's going to be.
0: It's going to be great. It's going to be a great event. They've always put on such a great event, and we've seen it. You know, I was we were there last year. Then I was there a couple years earlier, and just sort of how it's grown. I think it was at the first one, mm-hmm. and the most recent one, and they they just do such a great job.
2: Adam, yeah. How would I how would I find out the mile or like how many miles? Like, what do you think is the best way to do this? Because
1: you would know. have to go to, um, wiki. You, you Google in. Uh, Le Mans and then, like, 1979 or Le Mans, 1980. You keep just changing, you know, 1981, 1982. And it'll send you to Wiki, and then you'll click on it, and Wiki will send you to racingsportscars.com. It'll, like, pull up that page, and then they'll see the cars, like the order they finished in, yeah. and then they'll show you – you know, Porsche, you know, Dick Barber, you know, whatever, Ray Hall. blah, blah, blah. And it'll say next to it how many laps
0: it ran. Wiki has that for some of the races as well. The Wikipedia might have 1979 Lamar racing results, and it'll say the order, and it might say how many laps completed for each car. But I
1: think Wiki sends you to racing sports cars. I think that's what you end up. What ends up being pulled up, and then it just has it in order from top to bottom, and it'll have like the top whatever, and then it'll go like third place finisher, and then like parentheses it'll go first in GT class, you yeah. know? It's like as you as you get down, yeah. so whatever, and then it has all the laps the cars traveled on the right. Obviously, the ones that won traveled more laps.
2: Yeah. So I, I like, for instance, I have nineteen seventy nine pulled up. Uh, Paul Newman, Porsche nine thirty five, Dick Barber, two hundred ninety nine laps. Right. So then right. I would just multiply that by the length, and then just do that for every. Lamar-ish. Yeah, that
1: one I already know. That's that's just like twenty five hundred miles. Mm-hmm. But whatever.
0: now we know. Yeah, it's three hundred laps, basically at eight and a half miles is what we figured out. Right. Point, but the so.
1: the next year, I think when it came back as Apple, I don't think it completed. Like, if you go, then you just go Porsche 935, nine thirty five nine or you just go uh Le Mans 1980 and then it'll pop up again and you'll scroll down and it'll get down there and it'll it because it does number of laps completed and you'll say Dick Barber, you know, 935 uh Bobby Ray Hall yeah. blah 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 Dr- Brian Redman or whoever driving it and it'll go 187 laps.
2: 134 like, laps.
1: Or 134 yeah. laps didn't didn't finish. So now uh now that traveled a thousand miles or three times uh, a a thou, you know thirteen hundred miles. Yeah or whatever. Just that,
0: about half I don't know, eleven hours of the race? 12. Yeah,
1: whatever whatever that is. All right. <laughs> uh why don't we get uh Claudio and Simon Gregg in here. Mm-hmm. Simon is uh is uh Greg's uh Peter Greg? Peter Gregg's uh, son, by the way, Peter Perfect. Um and uh You can uh, check out, uh, we'll tell you about them. First, Castrol Edge. Stronger under pressure. Engines can lose up to 10% of performance. Due to friction, Castrol Edge with fluid titanium transforms under pressure to keep the metal apart. Stops the power from being robbed three times. Three times, fool. Stronger (laughs) than leading full synthetic against viscosity breakdown. As as per the uh, Kurt Urban test, 5W30, viscosity grade. Edge formula always exceeds the toughest industry standards. It's Castrol Edge. A good friend, Claudio Burton, is back in studio. Claudio is uh, runs a Trans Am team. Simon Gregg is a driver, son of famed uh, Peter Gregg. As uh, um, I just saw in... Highlighted in uh, Hurley, the uh, documentary that uh, Patrick Dempsey did. Claudio Simon, good to see you guys. How are you? Good to be here. Uh, nice to meet you, Claudio. Your team's leading in the Trans Am points right now.
3: We are won the first two races. Wow! Where were the first two? Uh, Sebring in Atlanta.
1: And is Sebring still very much uh, an airfield? Is it? Has it become? Any part racetrack, or is it just like a lot of cones and
3: hay bales? And stuff? It's hay bales and cones. Though I don't think anything has changed there since uh, the first race that they had it. Really, it's maybe a, you know some new buildings here and there, but the the track itself is just an old bomber field that never really changes.
1: Uh, at Road Atlanta, that C seven R vet of yours with eight hundred and fifty horsepower, what that thing topping out at down that back straight?
3: I uh, rode Atlanta about a, a 185 or so, I think, 84, wow. 85 That's a fast car <laughs> on a yeah, very Yeah, we always fast got Simon covered the, over there. A uh, very
1: fast track. Yeah, were that, you driving that car there, Simon?
4: Yeah, they, they pull hard all the way down the straightaway. It makes that turn nine a curve, even though it looks like a straightaway for a low-powered car.
1: Right, and uh, it's really, really... Takes a lot of balls on that back straight because you got to kind of figure out when it's time to back it off. You feel like you could keep going for a while, and it's also insane. Speaking of sort of chicanes, that thing used to just go right over the top of the hill, right?
4: Yeah, when I started racing in '97, we'd hit hit that dip, and gravity cavity, fly through there, and then slam on the brakes before the bridge. It was a lot different track back then. <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of these tracks—that's
3: that's the days when they had the blowovers. Yeah, I mean,
1: cars are literally catching air and turning over, yeah, right? a couple of cars blew over there. Wow, it's like uh,
0: stadium trucks. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they had that at uh, Lime Rock,
1: too, I I do believe, for some reason. It sounds familiar. Maybe GTP car or something like that. Uh, here's how good I am at, at Road Atlanta. I think three out of the first four laps, I drove off into the hot pit <laughs> area coming over that hill. It just seemed to make sense. Yeah. To- well,
3: it is confusing because, you know, they've changed that. They call the one side the pro paddock and then the other side kind of like the, you know, club paddock or whatever they call it. it, it and it can be confusing. When you go
1: over that hill... It makes all the sense in the world just to stay out wide, stay left, wide. and then yeah. y- you blink your eyes and you're like, "Oh, I'm going, I'm going off this track." <laughs> yeah, you're like nobody here. else did this. What's going on? <laughs> well, last, last you have to year you pretend- did the midi, right? Yeah. You, did- yeah, you have to go out and pretend like something's wrong with the car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to sit there for a minute, and pretend
0: like you're doing something, yeah. <laughs> but then blow it off. I thought it was a
4: thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, fine it's fine now. It's
1: fine now. I'll keep going. Down now. Let's yeah. keep
0: going. Let's just keep going. Yeah. Uh, so
1: Claudio's uh, out out there with the, his team Claudio is uh, a
3: guy I are you a, a chemist by trade like a uh, polymer chemist yeah kind of I you know I don't have uh, an official degree but I apprenticed you know a long time uh, under my father who had uh, a chemical engineering degree from Argentina that you know really wasn't ever accredited in America you know you get a degree sometimes in other countries and nah that's no good I don't care how hard you studied and how well you did yeah, so 'cause
0: because America didn't make any money off of it or whatever. They could <laughs> didn't make any money off it. So we're like, eh, it's fine.
1: And uh Simon, so uh Peter, Peter Perfect, uh Peter Gregg, famed Porsche driver and and, and driver of everything, who is uh highlighted in the Hurley film. Did you see the did you see the doc?
4: Yes. Uh I enjoyed um, you know, getting to be on the dock and I've been uh, working with Sean Cridlin. He's working on a new book about Brumo's story and um, you know, I'm out here to race Fontana this weekend and then I just finished racing Thunder Hill the weekend before last too. And what are you driving C seven R, you are C seven R TA. Okay. Is,
1: is everything out there in Trans Am one basically the same horsepower and the same tube frame and the same suspension, same tires? We know that.
4: Yes, they're all. In- about the same. So TA is, is the
0: big class, right? The high horsepower class. And, and what cars are in there? There's the, the Camaros, Corvettes, which are pretty much the same, just a little bit different yeah, body. We've got
3: a couple challengers out there now, too.
0: Mustangs, Mustangs are
4: good. And we run with TA3 and 4, production-based cars. And then, of course, TA2 runs by themselves.
1: I'm trying to think if I've seen a challenger in full
3: two-frame. Yeah, I, I don't know if I remember Boris, seeing it. Boris drove one last year in uh, TA at Indy. And okay. uh, I think wrote Atlanta is. Um,
1: so the the book, how old? So, I mean, tragically, Simon's father committed suicide, I think, in 1980, what? what 80, 80. You must have been young. I was 16. Younger. Oh, boy, that's brutal. Um, sorry to bring that up. But uh, it's in the dock and the dock is, is really pretty fascinating. And it sort of does Hurley Haywood and his early connection with with Peter, Simon's dad, and then how they were like pretty much an unbeatable race team. And the crazy Brumos, Porsche days, and they were sort of unbeatable uh, back back in the day. Um,
4: Hurley's still a friend of the family, and um, Hurley's Brumos boss, Dan Davis, is building a nice new car museum back in Jacksonville. That's going to be a good place to visit. Um, you know, my dad's favorite last car was the 935. You know, I'm look, looking forward to seeing yours. They, yeah, that's mine's
1: cool. all taken apart. <laughs> but the Brumos, I, you know, tell us what you know about Brumos. I mean, it's so iconic, the livery is so iconic. People picture them not only the 935, but maybe even more so on like the RSRs and the stuff that was naturally aspirated that uh, Simon's dad drove and many people drove. Was Brumos a dealership?
4: Yes, yeah, so it was a dealership in Jacksonville, Florida, and um, you know they started off selling Porsches and then the, you know Mercedes and Lexus now. But um, in the early '60s, Peter started racing and he put Porsche on the map in the United States. He, he had a good relationship with them, and he started painting his cars red, white, and blue, and they're always beautifully prepared, reliable. The Daytona 24 Hours was his best race. He had good luck there. Went in four times overall.
1: Yeah. That's uh, – and a great a great color scheme because while they were red, white, and blue, it was sort of the shade of red and the shade of blue they chose that seemed to be more effective like from a color scheme standpoint.
3: I, I always wondered why the number 59.
4: Well, it – Dad was in the Navy back then, and, and uh, he, he flew out to a aircraft carrier once, and that was the number of the ship and the font, that big blocky font is where oh, he got that from. Oh, yeah, wow.
1: I love an answer to a question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I would uh, – Paul Newman's cars are all like 33, and I was told that they make them 33. It could be easy to change to three into an eight. Or, you know, a piece of tape, piece of white tape. So if you showed up at the race and someone else had the 33 or the same number, you could easily modify, be 88 or 83 or 38 yeah. or whatever whatever it is. And I was like, that made sense. Yeah. Like, it was uh, satisfying. So, Claudio, are you doing any driving these days or it's all team running?
3: Well, I uh, guess mostly team running. Uh, and, and, but I'm looking forward to get back in the car I had. uh Kind of engine reserve. I had uh, some hip surgery, which I'm almost about 100% from. So
1: so you're going to get back in and drive?
3: Yeah. I, I get the bug once in a while when I want to go do it again.
1: It's uh, it's uh, the car, Is the car the same as when I drove it
0: a couple of years ago? Uh, we rebodied to
3: Camaros. Oh, that's right.
0: You so. were saying the the aero was better on the Camaro body than the Corvette. You yeah. wouldn't think so by just looking at it.
3: But I guess you guys kind of got it stretched out and a little bit lower and... It's got know, a little camarily? less frontal area, yeah. you know. They kind of, you know, they do look like the streetcars, but we we do, um, you know, it was built after the C7 Corvette. So every time you build a car after another one, you know, usually you learn a little bit more about the air and things like that. Who builds the bodies? The, these are built by a guy Kerry Hit at a Pennsylvania company ACP and okay. kind of builds the carbon Kevlar bodies for everybody.
1: So everyone gets the same mold and the same the same body. They,
3: yeah, if you buy a Mustang, you know you're going to get the exact same thing as you know a guy racing the Mustangs, right? Okay. You know, there's a, one pretty much authorized body manufacturer for TA right now.
1: I'm curious who I've always been wanting to uh, run down this gentleman, Max Patton. Maybe you could do it when we did our race at Willow Springs, and there was that fella who drove your second team car. Oh. And the, I think the guy's name was, I want to say. Hey, Richard, G- Richard Wall. R- Richard Wall. Got to find that guy's name. He's out here, right?
3: Yeah, but he he's, he's kind of got like some issues that he's in the, out of the country right now. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> kind of makes every sense. April. That seems to happen yeah. to a bunch of people. <laughs> he's on a vacation for a while. No, yeah,
0: it's a lot of vacations around April. Mid-April. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, he's
1: hanging out with Roman Polanski <laughs> uh, for different reasons, different reasons. Either way, they're probably hanging out out of the country. Well, is an interesting guy because I guess he was just there to do a vintage race in his Cobra, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. It, he blew up the diff. And his Cobra broke. And he didn't have another one. And so he's like, well, I want to race. So he just showed up at your pit. And,
3: and we had an extra cars sitting there that we had brought out. So, yeah, we cut a deal and, and uh – uh he was pretty good he, he came in second yeah, yeah. he just drove pretty good yeah no he obviously H- did you know knew how to drive
0: fired, like how, what's the vetting process you write me a check and well, yeah. we're good go that, that, was, that was
3: pretty it for that deal <laughs> yeah, yeah All that right. like, brave move buddy <laughs> yeah. well if a
1: guy's out there and he's, he had a real cobra real cobra yeah yeah that's a guys okay. out on that track driving a real cobra yeah He's probably got some chops.
0: I mean,
3: I'm assuming yeah, in a vintage I, I race, think it's the same thing. You know, those right? are Diabolic to drive. Right, if right. he's Driving that kind of car, he's going to be pretty good. Yeah, so and the f- real
0: Cobra kind of means his check's going to be good. Yeah, it's not going <laughs> to bounce right. <laughs> <laughs> tell that to Uncle Sam.
1: So, <laughs> well, at least we thought so. But <laughs> so, I was always curious what that guy's how that all came about, it was as I heard it, that he just broke his Cobra and then he showed up and he was like, I was here for the vintage race, but I still want to race and I don't got an extra diff, you know, independent and all.
3: Mm. What kind
1: of rear end did those Cobras use back in the day? Because they didn't have a lot of independent, you know, people use Jag stuff, I think, in in cars like that.
3: Yeah, my guess would be it's a live axle, kind of like what we have. I don't think it's a live. I think Um, Cobras are... Cobra. Maybe some De Dion kind of thing from yesterday. Or-
1: Cobra, you know, if you think about it, they had knockoffs, and they had, I think, an independent rear. I'm almost sure they had an independent rear. So, well, a lot of times, people would use Jag stuff, because Jags had knockoffs, and Jags had independent rears. Like, what, what, what knockoff hubs do we have? I mean... With independent rear, well, the, the rears, center you know?
0: section could be an eight eight or a nine inch center section, and then whatever Cobra of whatever they made for the, you know, for for the suspension and then and then the half shafts and the hubs at that point. And I know what you're saying. There's a lot of Jag stuff because it's all one unit. You can swap it in, but maybe they just made their own. Maybe maybe they made their own. They with, must have gotten their sort of, Yeah, God, that's yeah. probably why
1: it blew up. They got that <laughs> rear end somewhere. Yeah. Cobra and, rear end Max Bat on a sixty. Six Cobra or sixty four or whatever it is, because and they also they, I mean they came from Bristol, yeah, with probably an independent rear because they were like European sports. But do you cars. think
0: they used no, all of that? They couldn't handle it.
1: Wouldn't handle the horsepower. But
0: maybe they just replaced the center section. Maybe they went to like a nine inch Ford center section and then left. You know the. I don't know about the, the center
1: section. You have the transmission. You have the drive shaft, and then that goes to the rear end, Yeah, the right? pumpkin, basically. Right, is, is, so the pumpkin is the one that needs to be Yeah, that would be duty.
0: beefier. That would probably be a Ford 8.8 or a 9-inch. I'm not sure what other yeah. options nine would 9-inch, nine nine but you you know. independent?
2: Independent. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh. So not all 9-inches would have – you could have a 9-inch Ford rear-end live axle or just a center section – uh, would, that would have half shafts. You know, you can right make, can make it re- into anything.
1: So they just made it into that because they, they wouldn't have been able to find it, it yeah. back. There wouldn't. Yeah. There was nothing American. There was no Ford with an independent rear. Yeah,
0: I don't know if there was a Ford with a nine. Maybe something in the racing world. They must have it, made it.
1: their own, chat sh- their yeah. own inserts. All right. Tell me about Geico Max. Yeah, right. Drill down that. Claudio, you thought that was a live axle on a cobra? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> you say you're a car guy. Yeah. yeah. You're it's a you're, engineer. That you're was done. my worst
0: guess, I guess. <laughs> you only had two options. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's true. got a to-do list. You drop off dry cleaning, you pick up some milk, and now you can add save hundreds of dollars of on car insurance to that list, and you don't have to drop off or pick up anything you just go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to do you can do today. Be sure to check out geico.com. So,
1: uh I had a fun experience when I was able to drive that C7R which is a uh, a delight to drive. I I would say like it was a nice nice car. I had a couple memories. One is The hose for the water bottle was planted on top, put in this nipple and pushed right on top of the sway bar adjuster, which made me think he had a hydraulic sway bar adjuster. (laughs) That's all I thought. I never asked anything. I just saw a hose going to the top of it. It was really literally just a holding place for the hose. Yeah. Yes, I was sorry.
4: impressed in how you did at Willow Springs. Weren't you catching Tommy Dracy and getting faster the whole time? I, I missed the West Coast races last year, but this year I'm trying to do most of them.
1: Uh, I was hanging with Tommy Dracy. I don't. Maybe I was catching him a little bit, but I, I don't. I wasn't much danger of me <laughs> passing him. I don't think. But I certainly was on whatever the lap he was on. Like we, whatever he'd be a few hundred feet ahead of me. And then the next lap would just be the same distance. Yeah, a lot of times they were
3: close. They're pretty close.
1: Uh, yeah, it was. It, you know, it was Claudio. All praise to Claudio. A for setting up the car, and then B for asking me if I had a radio in my helmet, and then me going no, and then him going <laughs> oh, and then I, he went you didn't bring a radio, and I was like no, I don't have one. No one ever asked me, and then he went he went and got his radio out of his helmet. And he stuffed it into my helmet. And then uh, he said, uh, but you won't be able to hear me while we're racing. You can just hear me during, like, yellow flags. And so during the yellow flags, I guess I'm used to vintage racing. Like, in yellow flags, everyone just kind of slows down. And and uh, Claudio was yelling, go, 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 like, during <laughs> the yellows. Like, you got to go. I mean, you can't pass anybody, but go, man. Yeah. And uh, he was yelling, go. And I was, I was inspired by Claudio's words, and so I was able to kind of catch up to the front group. Yeah, tighten uh, tighten it all up. Once we got it tightened up, I was kind of able to hang out there for the rest of the race. Now, one thing Claudio neglected to talk to me about was (laughs) how the tire – I knew how the tires were going to kind of go away. That that I was prepped for. But I wasn't prepped for how much downforce those things made at high speeds and how the tires would – come back via the downforce like
4: right the faster you go the grippier it is it takes a lot of confidence to trust the car in a high-speed corner yeah
1: well what i was doing was i was going up at at willow around that horseshoe or wherever the budweiser thing is at the top and the car was like sliding all over the place like you're really turning that wheel you know the feeling you know somewhere around eighty miles into a hundred mile race, it like starts feeling like really greasy. And then everyone got back on it, like coming down out of that horseshoe, and the car was still sliding around a lot. And I was just behind uh Tommy and Richard and maybe another guy at the time. And everyone's just driving the same car and those guys were just going into that big turn eight over there at Willow and they weren't they weren't slowing down. And I was like Man, seems like you guys should slow down because we're going all going right off the edge of this track.
3: <laughs> you know what? We never really had the car uh, set up for turn eight that well either. I just didn't <laughs> didn't have a whole something lot of, he, he neglected like to tell you on the radio. <laughs> didn't have a whole lot of time, but that that really is a corner for you know a Trans Am car, a little Formula Ford, or you know Atlantic something like that just goes through there. You don't even think of lifting, but in, in a TA car, it, it can be a handful. So
1: I was like, well, these guys are driving the same car essentially that I'm driving and they're not slowing up too much on this corner. So I don't know why we're all not going into the desert, but they know better than I know. So I'll just stay with them. Yeah. And follow the leader. I could never figure out until I got out of the car why we weren't sliding around. Because I don't, in the vintage car world, if you're racing a BRE five ten or even one of Newman's Z cars. That the whole downforce stuff doesn't really doesn't really come into play. Like it's not something that's ever really worked on or discussed. You know, you're driving a BRE two thousand roadster, and mm-hmm. You know, from sixty nine. Yeah, we got that
3: big rear wing on the thing too. You know that that's the main device that gives us most of the rear downforce.
1: But the the new Camaro body even has even has more. So you go to uh, Fontana, right? What kind of speeds will you look forward to on that straightaway going into the into the bank?
4: About 180. Um, it, it should remind me of um, Homestead, Miami, a track I race a lot back home. You know, I'm kind of a roval specialist. I haven't raced at Fontana much before, so I'm looking forward to learning it. The last time I was here was on a test day like 20 years ago. It's just as beautiful, beautiful today as it was 20 years ago. The, the <laughs> town, the people.
0: Yeah, it's, oh, everything's gorgeous. It's You're magi- going to be blown away. It's majestic. Yeah. <laughs> Shades of brown everywhere as yeah. far as the eye can Screw see.
1: looking Laguna Seca. That's <laughs> the place you go. Montana. Montana is, you know, big, long, straightaway, fast, big, big, big oval. I mean, big bank turn, left hand, fast, and then big... Re- Sort of half a straightaway in the back, and then you better get down super fast because you got to get into the infield, and everyone almost comes to a stop turning left into that infield. So that's kind of where the action is over there.
4: Well, I'm going to like it. It's fun not running the same tracks over and over again. You know, we used to run the West Coast tracks all the time. Now we're you know back out here, and um, you know, I love Road America and Daytona a lot. You were talking about Le Mans earlier. earlier. Um, And Mossport, we don't race there anymore. That was one of the classics. I have the track record there. Oh, you do? Yeah. Minute 15. In a what? In a TA car, Trans Am. Wow. That was fun. From about five years ago. On the Goodyear tires. What, uh,
1: I think we were on Pirelli's back back when I did it. Uh, Pirelli
0: wasn't set up right, though. (laughs) (laughs) What,
1: uh, yeah, I think you're going to like, I think you're going to like fontana the infield's kind of cool it's all flat and everything but there's like a couple of a couple of fun spots on that that yeah. track and uh some ass wipe will knock over a cone inevitably and like get it flung out in the middle
4: of the track <laughs> at some point let's hope to avoid that i like the videos of daytona before the chicane because they would go through the banking like at over 180 and drift into there and i hear the big cars would leave a a boat weight for the little cars that would make them jump around <laughs> oh really yeah it's you know,
1: crazy that they would have again like i'd have like my 69 2000 roadsters on that track probably with some 917s or something that's a it's a little difference in speed
4: you're talking about lamont that that's a cool track i went there once when i was five years old it's, uh, it's kind of a long time ago um Look, I'm looking forward to maybe running some more vintage races in the future. You know, when I get a time, time for, for that. For TA, what's the schedule after this? After Fontana,
0: where do you guys go? Lime, Lime Rock. Lime yeah. Rock. They yeah. really just kind of go from one. Coast wow, how far thing. away <laughs> can you get <laughs> yeah, from Fontana? There's, there's, man. Nothing, there's nothing on the well, way. There's, they a, can...
3: there's a, ma- a month in between, I think, or so for yeah. a, like um, uh, what is it, Memorial Day? Oh. Yeah, they got that big oh. tradition oh. over there that they race on yeah. Monday after Memorial. Day.
1: Tell um, us, I gotta um, look into that. Damn it, let's see. Somebody was, oh, who'd I, who's the, damn it, whose radio show did I do over there? Uh, Dick Barber, no, not Dick Barber, Skip Barber. Skip Barber. I think I did Skip Barber's radio show. I think he said he was going to be at Lime Rock. Um, He said, come on down to Lime Rock and Memorial Day or Labor Day, whenever my birthday is, I can't remember, end of May, and he said, uh, we'll get you set up with the Trans Am car over here. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it turns out I had something to do in D.C. But the D.C. thing kind of fell apart. So now I got to
4: maybe take him up on his offer. I got to figure this one. You could fit it know. in. Trans Am has a great schedule. We hit all the best tracks all over the country. And-
1: well, Lime Rock for me is super cool because it's Newman's home home track, yeah. which uh, – which, uh which I love and and Sam Posey and all that kind of stuff and uh uh Bob sharp and you think about all those those names over there also it's smaller it's a pretty it's probably the smallest track of the season
4: right only so, one and a half miles it's pretty simple we don't yeah, use under, the chicane under a, under there either a minute,
3: under a minute lap right like yeah about 50. 51 seconds wow we qualify.
4: not for me but it, it's
1: still it's still it's still not super high speed and technical and whatever like you don't want to cut your teeth at road atlanta but you might you might give it a whirl at uh lime rock so maybe i should get hold of dick Barber. i mean uh, skip Barber.
0: Yeah, <laughs> see what
3: he's got to but, say.
0: But um, you mentioned uh, the the Newman Sharp stuff. Now, Claudio, you built a tribute car.
3: Yeah, yeah. Over uh, over the winter, a Nissan. You know, to the uh, like the GTU. Uh, like a two forty, like the same. It's a two forty, yeah, two forty. A little bigger engine than, than the two forty. did you? Oh, you did the full Gino's body on it.
0: Oh, here's a picture of it. Right?
1: Is that it or another one?
3: Uh, that looks like it. Yeah, just like that. That's it.
1: Yeah, so that's it's a really cool look. It's the it's the Sam Posey, Geno's GTU sort of big flare, big body. I had one. Uh, not not an original car, but uh, like a tribute car as well. It's a great looking piece. Like, it's probably the coolest looking of the Z Yeah,
0: it really is. Cars. So, what engine are you, what what did you end up putting? This
3: in car it? has like a 2.9 liter, a little uh, stroked and punched out a little bit. Okay. With and the triple McCoonies, 50s, 44s, 48s. Uh, 44, triple 44.
1: So you got the side drafts in there and you got the header and every, everything else. And it's just a fun, good looking, yeah. it's cool a nice car. nice car.
3: It's a good looking car.
4: Are the carburetors on the same side as the exhaust? Yes, yeah. they yeah. are. Yeah. Yes, they are.
1: I can tell you they Keeps are. nice and warm. <laughs> yeah. You want that. That's Jeez. what you want. You want super hot fuel. That's what you <laughs> That's want. That's what you want. You want heat. That's your friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But- yeah. I know. I don't know why. God damn it. Datsun always drove me nuts with that. I mean, the good news is the starter super easy to get to. It's just on the other side all by its lonesome. You
3: know, it's a very simple engine at the end of the day. You know, it's when you take the valve cover off lashing valves and things like that. The cam's all exposed right there. Yep. It, it's pretty, pretty, pretty basic, good little engine. Yeah. And
1: it, at a 2.9, I'll create a... Good pull, and if you ever see... Do you know um, what horsepower you're making
3: with it? I think the car to the wheels made like 260, 250, 260 to the That's wheels. That's healthy for naturally
1: mm-hmm. aspirated motor. And if you see a guy like John Morton drive one of those cars around Road Atlanta or um, Laguna Sake or something, man, those cars fly. Yeah. Like they, they work.
4: They do. A friend of mine named greg ira he runs a, a two, orange 240z in e-production and, and he really hustles it around against like the mazdas having yeah. no advantage because they're a little newer. yeah it's options.
3: racing this weekend at the midi so you know came out here hang out with you do the, the do a show and this and then uh, you know catching the flight back to the midi and, and see how it goes now
1: will the midi allow tribute cars in and that sort of thing I believe so. I believe so. Find out when
0: you get well, there on yeah, the weekend. It's entered and he's doing it, so. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah
1: I, I, John, you know, it was really impressive when we were there last year that John Morton in his BRE sort of tribute car, although it's well beyond a tribute car, it's got so many of the original pieces from the BREZ car and everything yeah, on that's it. that's Randy's, Randy's Randy's car. Randy's car. Yeah. Um, he blew up I, he literally like punched a hole in the side of the block in that thing and let a whole bunch of stuff down on the track right at the end of the straightaway, by the way. So some poor guy in a five ten just didn't stand a chance. But anyway, uh, they were like, they had that, they brought that car in on like Thursday afternoon or something. Yeah. And it had a hole in the side of the engine block. And I was like, what are you guys doing? They're like, we're going to find a short block. We're, we're racing. I'm like, where are you finding a short block? We're out in the woods, you know. Yeah. Like we may know a guy. And they found I think a pretty rough, rusty short block. Yeah, it was not block, pretty. But it, but it had the you know, it had the crank and the rods and the pist. Everything was in it. I guess it worked. It just had been sitting yeah. out for a while. God bless those guys, like in the infield, in a parking lot. They put that thing up on jack stands, they dropped everything, they pulled off all the you know exhaust and intake mm-hmm. and everything else. They took everything off. The they one basically car.
0: built the engine like on the tailgate of a of a pickup truck
1: in the parking lot. <laughs> and when we came back the next morning, they were like, uh, "We're going," and they were good to go. <laughs> yeah. And I thought uh, that's what I love about racers. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I love that spirit.
4: Everyone helped out. Yeah,
3: we, uh, we had a deal like that at Road America last year. Um, Blew three engines during that race. Wow. And ended up. Everybody um,
4: blew an engine that weekend.
3: <laughs> it was, yeah, it was crazy. And we ended up putting one back together again about three in the morning from spare parts from two of the ones that were blown up that were alike. And Tommy Driss he drove the car and it actually made it to the end, which was you know, everybody was like, This is never gonna even make two laps. Yeah. Three laps. And and uh, man, it made it to the end. So we we did that last year on the, wow. on oh, on the oh, stack of the hill a
4: couple of weeks ago. We ran TA two fuel by accident, and that made our motor blow up because uh, it was only like ninety-eight o- octane said that.
0: I was going to ask, did everybody run the wrong fuel accidentally, or was there bad fuel there was, at the track? There
3: was some questions about yeah. the
0: fuel. If at that people point. like so many people blowing yeah. engines, maybe it's fuel. What,
1: what do you guys run in in Trans Am one fuel? Uh, one hundred and ten octane,
4: say. leaded, and the TA two cars run ninety-eight octane, unleaded.
1: Oh, unleaded. Oh, so that makes a. That makes a big difference. Well, the spirit of the racer, baby. It's alive. Guys working on stuff in the parking lot. I, by the way, uh, I get out of the car and like one of my driving gloves has a hole in it. I'm like, there goes the weekend. Yeah, give me a beer. We're done. Give me a beer. <laughs> We're watching. <laughs> but that's me. Claudio Burton and uh, Simon Greg. the guys are going to be out uh, at Fontana this weekend. And by the way, check out uh, GoShare. You can check out uh, GoShare.com.
0: I think that's was GoShare.co.
1: Oh, .co. Sorry, yep. .co. That was on the side of uh, my Trans Am car. I had a great time. Maybe we'll figure out a way to get out to Lime Rock.
4: <laughs> hey, don't that forget Laguna Seca's on May 4th, 1 p.m. Oh, uh, man,
1: yeah. Laguna Seca. I, I don't know if we're going to make that. <laughs> well, hey, we'll put, we'll
3: put a deal together now that you're talking Lime Rock, man. <laughs> I want to see you back in that car.
1: I'm, 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 all, I'm all ears and, uh, and thumbs. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that and and Laguna Seca, ooh. God, there's just so much to do. Uh, all right, my stand-up special, uh, not Taco Bell material. You can check that out at uh, Chassis Two S's and a Y and iTunes and Amazon. Everything else, live shows coming up all over the place. Oh, we going tonight, Sacramento, Thunder Valley. That's right, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be doing a stand-up show tonight. If you're in uh, Sacramento, come on out to the uh, Thunder Valley Resort and Casino. Have some fun with us. And then Brea and Denver and Portland and uh, West Palm Beach, all at Uh Claudio and Simon are going to be at the track this week. And then they'll uh, check out, if you're going to be at uh, Road Atlanta for the MIDI, cheer for that uh Gino's wide-body uh, Z car. Check out uh, BurtonRacing.com as well for the schedule and all the stuff you need. Simon, uh, any plugs for you? Anywhere you want anyone to go?
4: No, that gig at Thunder Valley sounds like the name of a strayway or, or track, you know? <laughs> the gig at <of> Thunder Valley.
1: <laughs> So, and uh, Matt, you got uh check out Shift and Steer available on iTunes and Podcast One. Yep. Yep, thank you. And until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Claudio Burton and Simon Craig and Matt the Motorator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel.